All right, let's get started. <laughs> Have notes coming out. Hey, guys, just so you know, um, if you don't know me, uh, say you're, you're, you're new here, uh, just to quickly share my story. Uh, 11 years ago, uh, I walked in here, uh, invited by a couple of friends, my, my, my high school sweetheart, my, my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife, I married her. Uh, we sat way back there 11 years ago, and this church was very, very young, about, uh, I, I think, about four, four months old. And uh, I, rem- I don't remember the message, but I remember the impact in my heart. And uh, at that moment, I lifted my hand when they invited me to, to come to Jesus and uh, made that march down this aisle over here, stood right here. And actually, this platform wasn't here yet, so I was about right here. And I was facing, uh, at the time, it was Pastor Edgar, which is a big role model in my life right now, still today. Uh, and he led me to Christ. And... Through the journey of 11 years, I was uh, shipped out to Tulsa and went to Bible school, and God kind of did his thing. And one week later, actually, when I decided, one week later, Maddie raised her hand, and her whole family came down. My family, I think, followed, too, behind her. And uh, it was, what, 15 people at the time, <laughs> which was really huge. And uh, so she came out a year later after I was in Bible school. And uh, 2010, we decided to come back. We felt like the Lord was calling us back and got plugged into the generations, to the youth, and I've done the, uh, the junior high, I've done the uh, high school, I've done the res kids, I've done the nursery, uh, alongside with my wife, Madi. And uh, as of uh, yesterday was my last day in the generations department. So that was very uh, emotional for me because all I did was generations. All I, all I loved was, was working with, with kids and being immature with them. That was my excuse to be immature, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's all right, you know, and, um, but it, you know, it, it's, it's, I love the way Pastor Tom, I, I shared that with him the other day, and I love the way Pastor Tom told me, he had said, he had said you're still leading generations, just a, just a different way. And I'm like, yes, yes, immature baby. No, no, just joking, just joking, we're all young, right? And so I just share that to you guys because, you know, this is a new season for us, and, and I am expecting great things because I know God is on my side. I know God lives in my heart. I know God is consuming my family. I know God has just been everywhere. And for someone to say, well, God's not there, man, it's too late to tell me that. I mean, I got an 11-year journey to back that up. You know, I know we don't go look towards the past, man, but the past got my back so I can keep moving forward. Okay, and Res Life Holland, I'm going to tell you guys something right now. All right, and there's a word for you guys. And I, I shared this with the leadership team, and, and I, I believe some of them shared it on Facebook already, but this really impacted my heart, and it really meant a lot to me about a week and a half ago. But here's the thing. Church is not a place you go to. It's a family you belong to. That's right. It's a family you belong to. And the way Pastor Tom set that whole thing up with, with this, is, this is what we are. We are the church. Let's be the church. Man, it's a fresh new start, and this is it right here. So I encourage you guys, when I dive in right now, just, just be pliable and teachable. Let your heart be open, your mind be open, and allow God just to touch you. This is not me. This is God touching you guys and your heart. So you guys ready for this? Let's do it. All right, so I want to talk to you guys about his, his direction, his vision, his glory. And that's exactly who I'm talking about is God and Jesus Christ himself, okay? Now, when you think about plans, when you think about plans or your future, uh, typically you kind of sit down and, and, and you ponder. You ponder, you think about what five years is going to look like, what ten years is going to look like. And a lot of times we, we tend to uh, uh, 
have this little, okay, in five years I want this, in 10 years I want this. Some of us even have retirement ready. Like we're, you're, you're 25 and you have retirement ready. <laughs> I saw you had it back there. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Planning comes to us naturally. It really does. Back in 2004, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys can testify in your own personal life, but back in 2004 when I was in high school, uh, Marty and I were just dating at the time. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And one thing we loved doing was talking. All right, One thing I loved doing was just talking, but not just talking. We talked about our future. We talked about what, what life was going to look like. I remember being at, the, at her kitchen table talking. We drive around at my house. We're always just talking about what our future is going to look like. We were so in tune with our future that, and I repent for this, we would go to furniture stores, act like a married couple, walk in and pick this and pick that. And I mean, I'm broke. I'm in high school. Okay, I got no money. I got no job. Mom's giving me my gas money. My mom's right there, by the way. Mom's giving me the gas money. But we walk up in there like the stuff and... and and just kind of sit there and like, yeah, you like this couch? Here comes the salesman. He's selling us these things. Let me tell you something. Because I was broke, I got like the best deals ever because I kept saying no. No. No, I don't like it. No, I don't want that. You know what? I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to Art Van, you know? But, and that is not, that is, that is a true story. We would go to furniture stores and, and we, we would pick out our furniture for our house, you know? We talked about our marriage. We talked about what marriage was going to look like. The wedding day, uh, uh, who was going to be there, who was not going to be there. I mean, just, we're, we're teenagers, okay? So uh, we just talked about that stuff. We even talked about, like, uh, our kids. And I remember originally we, we uh, uh, decided four children. We said, two boys, two girls. That's what we want. And then we babysat her little brother, Sammy, which, Sammy, are you here? Is he here today? No, he's not here today. Okay, I can't pick on him that much. But he's 17 today. You know what? And, and we babysat him. We're like, mm, two's fine. Two's okay. One boy, one girl. We're all right. We're all right. No, I, I love Sammy so much. And he's 17 today and, and is at Holland High Senior, so I'm proud of him on the journey he's gone. But obviously that plan didn't work. You know, we have our two boys and we have our two girls that we're really proud of. Uh, we talked about our house and what it was going to look like. We've talked about growing old. Today we still talk about growing old. We talk about that. We talk about uh, uh, just what our future and what our children's uh, future looks like. And let me bring something up to you guys. Most of that of what I just talked about, literally I'm living today. I literally am living today. But there was one thing back then, one thing I completely forgot. It wasn't even in my radar. I didn't even forget it. It wasn't just in my radar. It wasn't in my mind. And that one thing I think a lot of us forget, and that's directions. How to get there. You see, because we have this goal, we have these uh, dreams and these places we want to be at, but we tend to forget, forget about the, uh, uh, the directions of how to get there. In Proverbs 16.9, it says that the, man, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And other translation says establish or determines his steps. You see, God has gifted us. He's given us this mind so we could dream, so we could plan a future, so we could sit down in front of the table and walk in a furniture store and do whatever we want to do to talk about our future. He's gifted all of us. I want to say most of us, but all of us that. He gifted all of us that. But he says in his word, he wants to determine the steps. He wants to establish the way we go. He simply wants to give us his directions. 
Go left, go right, go straight, up this hill, down this hill. He wants to give us his direction. That is his whole plan is for, for him to literally lead us the way. You see, when I started seeing the directions of the Lord, let me be honest with you guys, I, I was surprised. I was shocked. Because remember what I talked to you guys about a second ago about me and Madi talking and, and how uh, uh, we wanted to get married, have four children, you know, uh, uh, live at home. I, I got all that. But man, I was thinking this straight shot. There it is. I can see it over there. But God's direction said, no, that's not the way we're going. Because I didn't know in high school that there was going to be a, a season of my life where I was going to be away from my high school sweetheart, Madi, to, to follow the Lord. I didn't know I was going to be heading to, to Bible school. I didn't know that I was going to come out of Holland, go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, live there, go to Bible school, come back to Holland, from Holland, go to Granville, Granville back to Holland. I didn't know those directions. God didn't, God didn't tell me. He told me just to follow and let him lead. And that's what he wants to do for every single one of us. God has directions. See, we have our own directions too, by the way. But God's directions takes us to all and every single one of our destinations. And I say with an S because there's more than one stop. I'm just saying. We may have our long-term goal, but let me tell you something. God's going to be taking you to some spots. And those spots are going to be fun. And it's going to glorify him if you allow him to do so. And the reason why God wants to direct our paths is literally just and simply, he just doesn't want us to get lost on the way. He doesn't want us to get stuck in any way, in any way. So we all, or the majority, majority of us have a smartphone, right? Some of us have flip phones, and that's okay. But smartphone, all right? And one of the cool things about a smartphone is that you can download apps, free apps. You can buy apps. Apps are pretty sweet. Am I, am I right? Okay, so, I mean, I have, I have all these cool apps. You guys can pull out your apps. I mean, I know uh, uh, we have that, that Pokemon Go going. Is that an app, by the way? Yeah, okay, all right, it's an app. Uh, we have our calendar. That's very important to me. I need to stay on a schedule. Uh, you know, I have Netflix on here. I have, I have my kids' Bible apps, uh, version uh, for kids. I have all these cool, I even have a dictionary on here. Man, you remember those days when we had to carry the backpack with all those books? Thank you. <laughs> and so here's the thing. I have my emails on here. But there's one app I think that, that just came with my phone. I think it came with most of you guys' phone. And if not, it's so easy to download. And it's called Maps. It's called Google Maps. All right? And so when I, when I hit Google Maps, I, I, I got this, like, I know you probably can't see this, but you can kind of see, like, in a sense, this is, this is a satellite view of all, where we're at right now, my location, actually. And I can, like, say, no, I don't want you to know where I'm at, so it'll just kind of give me the United States, which is pretty cool. I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know. And here's the thing. Google Maps is a great tool for me, all right? We just went to uh, Oklahoma City because uh, my uh, wife's grandmother passed, passed away uh, mid-December, and we had to drive out there and come back. And I know, I know my route. I don't need this thing. But when I got to Joliet, Illinois, on the way back, we just got slammed with snow for the first time, like slammed, like it was bad. And I didn't know, I left on a beautiful day. We left on a beautiful day, I think it was in its 50s. And I got slammed, we got slammed with that snow, so I'm coming back and I know how to get home, but I said, man, we gotta pull this thing out. I need some help, I can't see anything, there's a whiteout. There's cars in, in, in every spot. And I think, honestly, really what was happening was I was going 35 on a 75, and I didn't like that, so I was going to try. So here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, okay? I turned to this tool. I turned to this tool, all right? 
And one of the things that it was doing was warning me. It was warning me. It was warning me about accidents. It was warning me about um, tolls. It was warning me about, uh, about uh, spot construction spots. But it was telling me it's the best route to take right now. Because if, if I veered off of that road, I was going to take a longer route, and it was going to be not fun. <laughs> not fun. And what was supposed to be a three-hour drive, um, seven hours. <laughs> and I didn't get home till midnight that night. Oh, that was not fun. But it was the best route I had to take, and I decided to stay on it because it warned me. It warned me of where I needed to go. And here's the thing. God puts the Holy Spirit in us to warn us what's ahead. Because I could have turned this thing off and said, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to, I know how to get there. I'm fine. I'll get home. But this tool told me to stay on there. And in a sense, the Holy Spirit is that. It's our GPS. When we go about life, when we move, he's telling us what, when we're in tune, by the way, he tells us what's coming ahead. Take this step. Take that step. Even when you can't see it, even when it's a whiteout. I mean, the G, uh, God's GPS and us, the Holy Spirit, I mean, he gives us direction for his kingdom. He gives us direction for this church. He gives us direction for your personal lives. And here's the thing, if you choose not to follow, we get stuck or we can, there's a potential, we can get lost. You see, there are times where I, when I was driving and I was coming back and it was a whiteout. There was times where I'm like, I could not, I mean, I could barely see the taillights in, in front of me. And we we're going super slow. I remember Marty saying, buckle up, don't move, you know, just, we, we got to be very careful, you know. And I was hesitating. I was hesitating. Because I couldn't see in front of me. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I, 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 got, I was honestly a little bit like nervous about my next couple of miles and what it was going to look like. And then we'd hear, hit some clear spots and we'd be fine. And here's the thing. But I had, to, I had to trust this thing to stay on the road I was on. Because I didn't like the road I was on because it was uncomfortable and I couldn't really see anything. But I trust it. And it got me home here. And it got me home here safe at a longer point of view. But it got me here safe. And the thing is, when we don't see things in our life, when we face something and we don't understand, and why, God, am I going through this? And why, God, is, is this happening to me? And I don't see, God, why I have to go that route. When we, we're like in this whiteout and we decide, okay, should I take my own direction or should I keep listening to, the God, to God that's giving me my direction? And if we to, choose to veer off, we're going on our own strength. But let me tell you something. If you stay with the road that God has given you, even when you don't see it, even when you don't see it, he'll take you where you need to go. I mean, there are times in, in, in our lives where, where that hesitation, if we hesitate and, and, and choose to go our own way, number one, we make a bad choice. Or, or, or number two, we just choose we're just not going to move because our definition of direction is not what we think it is, what God says it is. See, sometimes we think direction is clarity, and we can see, and this is where we got to go. But God's direction is, uh, definition of direction is to trust him when you don't see it, when it's not clear. Yes. You see, so many times when we wonder, God, why am I doing this? We pray for clarity. God, give me clarity. Give me, let me see what's happening because I don't understand. When God's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to trust. I want you to pray that you can trust me when you don't see it because it has nothing to do with your eyesight, even if you have 20-20. You, it has nothing to do with your point of view. And you see this definition throughout the entire Bible. I mean, in the Old Testament, you look at Abraham. Abraham was told to go and leave his homeland. 
It's like, it's, it's like saying, hey, just get up and go, and go somewhere where I'm telling you to go. A- Abraham had no idea where he was going. He just knew what was behind all that. But he got up when it was foggy. He got up when it was a whiteout, and he heard directions, and he, and he took it step at a time. You look at Noah, and Noah was told to build an ark. Build an ark. And you got to remember, at that time, they really didn't have the rain coming down. They had no idea. People were laughing and mocking him for what he was doing. But he got direction, even when he didn't see why. And, and, and he went. And with Abraham, covenant, with going back to Abraham, a covenant and promises came with them. With Noah, salvation came with his family. And with Moses, Moses was told to rise up and, and go lead. And when he did so, during that time when it was foggy, during that time when there was no clarity, Slaves became free. In the New Testament, you can see it all through the Bible with the disciples. They literally told them, get up and come follow me. Jesus said, come on, just drop all you're doing, come follow me. And they did. They left occupations. I mean, maybe to us it's a hobby, but then that's, that's a business. That's a business. They got up and left to follow Jesus Christ. It was foggy. It was, they didn't know why, but they, wanted, they, they heard the voice of God. And they took those directions. All those accounts require trusting God's direction. In Acts chapter 9, uh, you, you, you see uh, the apostle Paul, which at the, right now at this moment, he is Saul. Okay, he is Saul. And Saul, his mission was to, was to persecute the church. <clears throat> persecute the church. His mission was to uh, annihilate and murder those that follow and love Jesus. If it was now, he's aiming at us right now. If it was now today, Paul was pursuing or Saul was pursuing us. Okay, and so let's go to nine uh, verse one through nine. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. He, or as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up. Now this is direction from God. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. At that one moment, Saul was given directions from Jesus Christ himself. To finish off this passage, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked up himself off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. That's right, he was blind. So the companions had to lead him by hand to Damascus, and he, had to, uh, he remained blind for three days, not eating or drinking. Think about it for a second. He was given directions from Jesus Christ himself, but yet he was blind. Saul, at this moment, needed to not see in the natural so he can see in the spiritual realm. See, because what ultimately happens in this story is that Saul finds his new identity in Jesus Christ, and, he's, and his name is changed to Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. Like, he's a big part of our Bible right now. But, but just a second ago, earlier in the Scriptures, he's, he's killing people that follow Jesus. You see? When Saul looked in the natural, he thought he was serving God in a religious way, but he was blinded. And so for him to hear the voice of God, for him to listen to the voice of God in the natural, he had to be blind so he can see. 
And when you get directions from the Lord, when you're blinded that way, you truly see. There are times in our lives, guys, where we face things. We face things and we don't know why. And I feel like, well, I don't understand or I don't really get what you're doing, God. But there's direction there because God simply wants us to say, hey, don't look at through your point of view. Look at through my point of view. You see, in order for Saul to hear and see the Lord's direction, it didn't require him to, to uh, uh, be blind at that moment. And there are times God's going to say, look, I'm not going to reveal this to you yet. Not yet, because Paul got his, his sight back three days later. But he, there are times where he's going to tell us not to, uh, I don't want to reveal this to you yet. But I will in due time because he wants us to look through his point of view, his vision. You see, following directions from the Lord brings true vision. But he's, when, when, you, when you see true vision, guys, when you, you go through things in life, you have to understand that there are times where God just simply wants to take you from one place to another without us trying to interfere with what God's plan is. He knows what our heart is and what our mind wants. He knows that when we're in tune with him because ultimately our desires become his desires. And his desires are our desires. It's, it's that true vision he wants to see through his point of view. And James chapter 1, verse 22 through 24 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do, and that's direction right there, guys. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in his, in, at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In other words, what that scripture is saying is this. You don't follow his directions, you get lost. You don't follow, you get lost. And I think it's kind of funny how God uses a mirror for an illustration. I think it's kind of cool how he uses that mirror because in order for a mirror to work good, we need to see. I'm, majority of us, Looked in the mirror this morning. Whether you brush your teeth, you combed your hair, you put some makeup on, whatever it was. Majority of us uh, looked, in, looked in the mirror and did something, right? That mirror was a great tool. And the purpose of that mirror was so when we walked away, we looked good. <laughs> and if you didn't look in the mirror, there's a mirror in the bathroom. Go real quick. Just saying. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. That mirror, its purpose was for us to look good. So we had our hair right. We had, we had everything, you know, situated. The bun, I mean, I was looking in the mirror. I'm like, okay, all my buttons. And I realized, oh, I had one button off. Boom, there it is. That mirror helped me out. That's exactly what his word is. Babe, can you give me the, the Bible, please? Thank you. This right here is exactly what he's comparing that to. This is the mirror that he's telling us about because he wants us to see clear and he wants us to look good. Not in the natural, but he's talking about in a healthy way in our hearts. In a healthy way in our hearts. That's what he's saying. See, when you, when you grab this Bible, when you grab your word and you get in your word, it is your mirror because your mirror is a ref, the mirror is a reflection of who you are. This Bible is a reflection of who you are. Who you are. When, when God says that you are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, that is a reflection of who you are. When he says that you can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives you strength, that is a reflection of who you are. But when we don't go to the mirror, sometimes we can have some things that are not so pretty that are not so pretty and so God says look go in your mirror and your word and know who you are see when you don't do what the word is what the word tells us to do it's like we walk away and forget what we look like 
We know that we need to obey and honor mom and dad. We know we need to, we need to uh, win the loss. We know what we need to do, what the word is telling us to do, but we choose not to. We just want to live life the way we want to live life. And he's saying, when you do that, it's like looking in the mirror and you forget what you look like. And here's the thing. Some of us are our own worst critics. I mean, sometimes we can be a little too hard on ourselves because we're looking through our vision and what we see. But when you go back to this and you look and you look and you listen and you hear direction, you get vision. And this is true vision. And all of this to say, guys, all of this to say that his direction, his vision is all for his glory. That's the reason why. So that's, that's where it's all at. It's for his glory. In Psalms 115.1, it says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name. Give glory because your loving kindness, because of your truth. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. See, we fall short, and God knew that. And that's why Jesus came here. You see the true love of God. You see the, the true mission of God when we spend time with him. When we get into, ourselves, into this mirror right here, the word of God. You see that. And it's always for his glory. Now, everyone, let's close our eyes and bow our head for, for a second. Just one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about simply was just who he is and who you are. You know, I know, I know some of us might be too hard on ourselves and feel like there is no way or I need to work in myself. But here's the thing. You don't need to work on yourself. Allow him to work in you. Allow him to move. Is where you need to go. In John 3, 17, you see the mission of God. In John 3, 17, it says, for, for God did not send Christ to this world to condemn it, but to save it through him. There's a mission there. Ephesians 5, 1 says, imitate God in everything you do as dearly beloved children. You see the mission of Christ, and you see we need the reflection of what we need to do. God's not here right now to slam us and say we're no good. God's here right now to say, hey, I want to bring you and restore you. But we're, I want to give you direction. I want to give you vision. But it requires you to say, yes, God, I'm listening and I'll do. So I'm going to give you a first invite right now. Look, you know you came to church because you needed church. But truly, you need Christ. And this may be your first time here. So this is invitations for you. You may be here for a while and you're just really kind of going with the motions. This invitation is for you. On the count of three, if you want Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life, if you want Jesus to give you the directions that he, he wants for you in your life, to get you to your destinations in your personal life, it requires an act from your end to take one step forward and say, yes, Lord, I want you. On the count of three, one, I want you, Lord. Two, everything in your mind is trying to stop you right now. 
but you just put that to the side. Three, you want Jesus. Awesome, you can put your hand down. Anybody's awesome, put your hand down. I see you, bless you guys. Second invite, you know Jesus, you love Jesus, but you're not doing what his word says. And it's time. It's time. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about growing in, in maturity in Christ. Because that's what he wants for you. On count of three. One, you want to come to him. It's time. Two, you've been, you're done writing the motions. You're ready to do what you need to do with, for Christ and in Christ. Three, raise your hand. Awesome. 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 Bless you guys. Just put your hand down. Awesome. I want everyone to put one hand over your heart and the other one up to to heaven. And repeat after me. Say, God, I believe you. I believe your word. I may not have understanding. I may not have clarity, but I choose to trust you. Take my hand. Lead me. Lord, I repent of all the wrong I've done. Come in my heart. Fill me with you. And lead me the rest of my life. Train me and teach me your ways and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts out. Amen. Amen.